Hey, so Allison, it's what are we doing here? It's the joke IRS, and you're actually getting audited. Um, uh, <laughs> damn it. I thought I could sneak one past the joke IRS. You usually think they go after the big comedians, you know, the ones who are actually stealing jokes. Uh, no, we prefer to be very punitive. <laughs> the IRS, joke IRS is going to get you on a technicality. You actually claimed that joke as non-farm humor, and we actually have uh, determined that it's farm humor. Uh, shoot. Do I owe more jokes to the IRS? <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> what you owe them is laughs. They get they paid you they paid you an appropriate amount of laughs, and it turns out you came out under, and you have to pay them the laughs back. Okay, <laughs> you underreported. Underreported your laughs. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I probably owe a lot of jokes then. Okay, um, I need to start paying off these jokes. Okay, okay uh, good, what good, do you yeah, call good. a dinosaur that is sleeping? What? What do you what? A dinosaur. Well, that's pretty good. Okay, <laughs> okay um, all right. Uh, all right. What, did, what did one plate say to the other plate? Dinner's on me. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, yeah. right. this is working okay, out. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, well, what is a witch's favorite subject in school? What, what would it be? Spelling. Yeah, you're going to go to Guantanamo Bay now. <laughs> that was, <laughs> unfortunately, that was not bad. Long ago in a distant land. Good morning, everybody. It's Saturday morning, Tuesdays. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And today we are back to Sailor Moon. We had a little gem intermission. We're back on the on the back half of our arc. And as a special guest, we have brought in our all-star Sailor Moon expert, Allison Lars. I've got my second margarita and I'm ready to go. Allison's <laughs> ready to go. Uh, we are rocking it. In the same way that maybe Dick Clark would, a new year, uh, we mm. are here to party. Um, that's not the theme. Our theme isn't <laughs> Dick Clark's rocking. <laughs> I was just getting a little. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our Dick Clark's New Year's special. Our theme is Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, it's the middle of it's it's May. It's for us. It's mid May. And we are wishing we could be there with DC, rocking it in New York City uh, <laughs> when that ball drops. Uh, I don't really have much to interface with this theme. <laughs> Wait, no, what guys, what's, your, what's your New Year's resolutions? Oh, okay. Uh, to go outside yeah, Austin, again. You lost control of this episode. Yeah. Uh, my New Year's resolution is that we get a new theme from Father Themes. And he yeah, tells you should us, start this over again. <laughs> Um, please, Father Themes, can you give us a redo? Can you can you give us a new theme? You got to put in one of your teeth. I've you done put it. A quarter in the pig. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the theme this week is everybody's got everybody's got a fun uh, a fun instrument that we like to play. Just <laughs> just it's, it's the first day of band, and we're all and we all made a beeline to the maracas. And, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. that, that old theme, of course. And the and, and the slide whistles. Uh huh. 
Right. Okay. Well, that no, that's great. Thank you, Father Themes. That's exactly what today is, the first day of band. Um, and I will say that I wound up, I was too slow. I got shoved and, and trampled, so I got the sousaphone. Oh, Here comes Aww. little tuba boy. That's the most comical of, of the brass. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys get? Um, well, I played the saxophone um, in middle school, so I, you know, I went for the old reliable. But on the first day of band, did you? On did the you first get day of band, I am small and easily shoved out of the way, so I can only get a recorder. Oh darn! Okay, yeah. uh, I'm playing. Uh, well, what I got is uh, the what I got. The one I got is I'm trying to remember <laughs> what's the what's the the hand ones the little hand uh, the little hand uh, symbols. Symbols. No, even tinier. The little tiny the, ones. The castanets. Castanets. There we yeah. go. I've got cat. There we go. I got those castanets. <laughs> Well, I guess they're not the symbols, but I, they're, they're close enough. I like that. You, you just you're doing a little little. It got you where it got you where you needed to go. I I've just I, I'm sort of uttering doing a long con. You know, I didn't really want to be here in band anyway. But my parents made me take it, so I've somehow managed to convince the uh, the instructor that the that the mouth can be a percussion instrument. So I'm over here just kind of like. <laughs> oh, you're you're the Bobby no. McFerrin of the oh. of the band. <laughs> That's the most stressful noise anyone can make. Are you going to start beatboxing, though? Are you going to realize you're a beatboxing savant and get really into it? No, 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 no. It, what I do, what I'm going to do is very sort of legally and, and emotionally distinct from beatboxing. It's all sort of like just uncomfortable breathing. Like, you don't want to get sued by big beatbox. Oh, God. Jesus, God. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, Andy knows this is like one of my least favorite things that he does ever. <laughs> Andy, Andy, you're gonna get too big for your britches. You're gonna leave all this and join one of those like cloyingly wholesome acapella bands like Pentatonix, and you'll like start uh, making millions. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna die inside the whole time, but you know what? Uh-huh. The money, the money, the checks will still cash. And yeah, yeah, your whatever Frozen cover you end up doing will pay for your <laughs> children's college education. Oh shit. No, we did a very, a very like we, we we specialize in very tasteful and like mom friendly covers of uh, R and B songs where we take all the sort of uh, questionable lyrics and turn them into like Christmas things. Oh, mm. okay, all right, yeah. Uh, is do you have anything in a New Year's? Uh... <laughs> 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 uh, okay, let's get to Sailor Moon, shall we? Yeah, Are we excited. Yes. I'm very excited. We're back. Let's just dive right in. Hey, we're back. We're back, and I'm playing that very good mouth drum, and or it's not even really a drum. It's I, I call it's it a wind instrument. Loud. It's just bad breathing. It's just but like really I do it on a beat. Awful breathing. Ugh. It's some sort of hyperventilation. <laughs> yeah, just holding a microphone up to a bulldog. Yeah, well, you, you suckers have to sit home and practice on your fucking sousaphones. But mis, you know, Mr. Johnson allowed me to do this stupid bullshit, so I'm gonna ride this as long as I can. So we're here in band class, and y'all are suckers, and we're going to watch episode 48 of Sailor Moon. It's called Ray's Day in the Spotlight. 
and I have a synopsis for you. Ray has been super busy organizing the Autumn Festival at her school. She also plans on making her singing debut at the talent show. Alan and Anne decide to collect the energy of all the people at the festival in order to save the Doom Tree. They send their Cardian to attack in the middle of Ray's song, and it puts everyone to sleep. The Sailor Scouts transform to fight the monster, but the monster is too strong and easily gets a hold of them and begins to zap their energy. Can the Sailor Scouts defeat this tough monster? They do. They can. Yeah, they, they can. All right, moving on. Next episode. <laughs> Allison, please right. tell us about your experience coming back to Sailor Moon R. Oh, man, it's like... <laughs> It's like coming back to um, comfort food that somebody mm. made and like left on the counter for a little while. And mm. you know that it was good like an hour ago and it's still totally okay. It felt yeah. like coming home <laughs> to a really yeah. like really uh, late dinner. You know, it's the uh, so are we saying it's that kind of like really pleasant surprise when a food you <laughs> thought was you're going to have to kind of choke down is still pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. It's the kind of food where you pick it up and you sniff it a little bit and you go, ugh, Neptune and Uranus aren't here yet. And then you eat it and it's pretty decent. If it wasn't two in the morning, I wouldn't be eating this, but I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it still rocked. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you guys know how close to my heart Sailor Moon is. And it murders me that you aren't into the outer senshi yet. But we know. we're gonna get there soon enough. We just gotta do another 200 episodes of this show. <laughs> we you might know. have to time jump if we come back to it. <laughs> So, I mean, in a very real way, sort of, uh, ooh, a little shop talk. If we're finishing this first, like, anime original arc of Sailor Moon R, and then we are moving on. But if we come back, I think we do have to start where we step, where we left off. Because the first episode after where we plan to watch is the uh, introdu- introduction of uh, Chibiusa. It's Chibiusa. Oh, yeah. We haven't even gotten to Chibiusa yet. Yeah. Well, the introduction of Chibiusa is also the introduction of the Outer Senshi, so. Exactly. Exactly. So, I think, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. For now, for we'll now, see. we're doing this arc. No pressure. I'm not here to tell you how to run your <laughs> show. I'm just a gal with a second margarita having a good time. <laughs> so, I mean, this show is still such a strange beast because we're getting so many hats on top of hats right now. Like we're getting, you know, a an arc of a of an anime, a manga adaptation that wasn't in the manga, and then this is whatever the deep dub did on top of it. And so it's so hard to point blame on weirdness <laughs> because it's so hard to tell what exactly was Deke's weird decision and what was you know, uh, the, the anime originally. <laughs> I 500% forgot about the whole Moonlight Night thing. <laughs> Moonlight yeah. Night's real yeah. weird. Probably for the best. But in general, now, so I could see if I had watched the, you know, the entire catalog of Sailor Moon, why this might be a, you know, a low note. But for me right now, it's kind of just the peak silliness that I've enjoyed the whole Uh whole first season. Oh, it's pristine silliness. It's really delicious. There's a, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm technically jumping to the second episode we watched, but... It, I laughed so hard when they were like, oh, he's such a hunk. And there's this shot of him on a camel. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, camels are so hot. This dude on a camel. Oh, he's doing Physically. it for me. <laughs> and we, we don't even know that it's Darian because Darian's in the same place as the Moonlight Night. And we're like, what? But yeah, this one's all about Ray. Yeah, this is, this is a Ray one. We've had this kind of uh, sequence of each Sailor Scout getting a slightly leveled up move that they do. 
And this one is a really interesting one with Ray because I'm all for these getting the opportunity for enhanced character work to see a, another side of these characters. All of this Ray stuff feels like it's not really the character we know. No. Well, I think what it's also funny because with the other ones, they tend to focus in on the on that particular Sailor Scout as the protagonist of the episode. And I felt like this one pulls in a different direction. We're we're in the we're still in the the lens of the normal scouts watching Ray. Not normal, right. the other scouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We only get hints about what maybe Ray has been going through. Mm-hmm. Because she lives on a mountain casting fire spells. <laughs> the snippet that we do get, though, um, about what she went through to write the song, which we'll get to as we as we do the synopsis for the show, I think was pretty revealing about her character. I really appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, uh, basically, we've got some sort of, you know, cultural festival, which is a very, you know, it's a common thing in, in Japanese schools, but not, you know, there's no real direct analog here to, to American schools. But they're, you know, the the students are in charge of putting on a big festival and they largely are the ones who are in charge of it. And she is like leading a ton of it and doing way too much of it herself and going way overboard. And the rest of the scouts have noticed and they're a little worried. <laughs> yeah. And now this is her separate school that she goes to that nobody else goes to. Yeah. Right. And uh, of course, with a big festival and a big gathering of hot teens, uh, our nasty alien twins are also horning in on this location as a as a vessel for for seed energy for <laughs> horning, not just homing. Yeah, yeah. they're horning oh. in. Yeah, there's a there's a scene where Alan and Anne are like getting really excited about this festival coming up, and Alan says like, "My mouth is watering already." And then makes this slurp sound. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not what you want. It's not what you want. I appreciate when they when they behave really alien. It's always kind of fun. (laughs) I love them. I do love them. And that has grown in these last couple episodes even more Um, from them just being conniving and a little horny um, to being um, silly conniving and a lot horny. Ideal alien, to be honest. Yeah, and they really kind of like foretold, precipitated, if you will, the Jesse James Mm -hmm. situation in Pokemon. Mm, Perhaps. Like in the silly outfits they're wearing in this episode and kind of being the the villains that kind of follow their own flights of fancy a little bit. (laughs) so good. Yeah, so yeah, I I, I love them. They're definitely definitely a lot of fun, uh, especially when... Like you said, they get way too sort of involved in their cover story, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're, you know, they're really just here to try and feed their tree with teen juice, but they keep, you know, the, all these crazy <laughs> hijinks keep happening and they're getting jealous of other little teens. And then and then in this episode, they end up this like <laughs> just in these hilarious fashion outfits as a part of a fashion show. Well, and it, but it opens up to me what I find a really kind of complex interesting issue not issue topic i guess i like the idea that it's possible teens don't have you know what trees need it's just that these (laughs) (laughs) they don't have what plants these horny aliens can't conceive of anything doper than hot teenagers defeated (laughs) teens they're what trees need (laughs) well the last two episodes before this they tried 
preschoolers and toddlers. It's true. They they do experiment a little bit, but I like I still love I still not like nearly as juicy as teens. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that their fascination with feeding the tree teens might just be because they are trying to snack on some teens. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, God, it's so funny. Shit. Yeah. Uh, we have to talk about Ray's singing. We covered mm. uh, Lita's song, Rainy Day Man, a couple episodes back. Episode three. Oh, yeah. But, but Lita, Day <laughs> Rainy Day Man. Man, she breaks into in the middle of nowhere. At least right, yeah. Ray is, is on stage and she wrote a song. It's not suddenly a musical about about her best friend, right. Rainy Day Man. <laughs> yeah, her best friend, Ken, who she's going to forget about next episode. But... Uh, uh, we'll talk about that later. God, Lita has secretly become the horniest member of the Sailor Scouts. <laughs> she got real thirsty. That it. is a high bar to top, too. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but Ray, Ray, yeah, she's uh, not only is she like trying to run everything. Like at the beginning of this episode, we see her like barking out orders at a light hanging focus. And, oh yeah. Uh, like, she's the kind of person who has like a um, like twenty four ounce uh, plastic like coffee mug that has girl boss written on it in like uh-huh. bridesmaid uh-huh. script you know yeah oh god yeah oh shit Ray is That's- tough as nails she's pretty she's pretty uh type a and says her mind and often screams her mind uh, <laughs> yeah and uh also is a incredibly powerful fire witch so it was kind of fun to see her not brought low, but brought to this other place. She, she uh-huh. aspires to be a teen idol, something she's yeah. not a witch at. Right, and she's never <laughs> she sort of hinted aspire at. aspire to be a flame sorceress. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorcery comes easy to me. I want something to work for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, too, that there's this weird disconnect happening where she is shouting orders uh, like a tyrant backstage, and these two girls... <laughs> Just have heart eyes the whole time. Are just like <laughs> blushing and just like, oh my god, it. she's incredible. She's like, what's this? What's the sound equipment doing sitting here? It should already be set up. Ray's really something, isn't she? Sure is. Yeah, the festival's gonna be really cool this year thanks to her. What an organizer! Hey, you two, stop dabbing and start working. We're running out of time. Right. Yeah, she's really totally the best, isn't she? For sure. Oh, she's such a girl boss. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's yeah, so yeah. in charge. She doesn't let anyone tell her what to do ever. And she's so mean. It's so hot. Oh, Get the fuck her. out of here. She's like yes, Devil Wears ma'am. Prada. Thank you. Thank you. Step on me. Ugh. Step on me. <laughs> did somebody put a fucking cashew in my bowl of mixed nuts? Oh, I certainly did. It was me. Punish me. Punish me. <laughs> Please. Oh. Oops. Did I do bad, Ray? Did I make you mad with my cashew? Oh God! I, I, yeah. So she's really she's she gets a lot of fun moments. Uh, but mostly, what's interesting is that normally the cats are the ones the, the cats usually make only make fun of Serena, uh, because they you know like we we talked about the other week where it's like Luna Luna calls the rest of them the what was it the the, the sensible the, the sensible ones the sensible girls. <laughs> Yeah, like oh thank God the sensible girls are here, but like they actually get to take some some pot shots at Ray this time where they're like, oh boy, she thinks she's a teen idol. Whoa, she wrote all these songs and she's going to use her show as a vehicle for her self promotion. Self promotion. <laughs> I, I like to. I like to that they're treating this with like otherwise really real, like kind of that realism. Like, honey, you don't want to like put all your eggs in this basket, right? Uh, in the sense that, like, she's already a witch and a superhero, but they're like, no, 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 no. This this dream is 
This one is the one that's beyond the pale. You can't be a Minmay too. <laughs> can't add that. Aww, I miss Minmay. I mean, she was trash, you, but like, yeah. I miss Minmay. No, I, I miss Robotech. Yeah. God, Aww. there's a that's a good that's a good uh, possibility for a revisit someday. Okay, so the the one interesting thing about this teen idol singing is when the girls ask her about. Wait, holy shit! You wrote songs you wrote several songs and you're gonna <laughs> perform them like when did you do this and then she plays it off she's like no not at all i came up with the lyrics first and that didn't take too long because you know what an ace i am at poetry and then i worked out all the melodies which was super fun and really super cinchy and while she's saying that we are getting video of her crying and like <laughs> breaking down at the creative process and she's like sweating and bleeding over these like lyrics crumpling and up music. staff paper and yeah <laughs> i loved yeah. it she's so insecure like yeah. yeah ray's whole deal is that she's just so desperately insecure about herself uh -huh. she covers it up by you know hiding behind her anger when in reality yeah. it's fucking hard to make art i i really loved that montage it was very revealing well, it was cool, and, and, it, and it pays off really well at the end, you know, at the risk of getting out of order, since we're already talking about this. It, it, yeah. It, they, it, it pays off in a really nice moment, where after, of course, there's an obvious, there's a Cardian attack in the middle of her performance, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Serena, you know, who usually is at huge odds with Ray all the time, she, like, goes up at, like, the bonfire that, you know, the traditional post-festival bonfire that happens, <laughs> and she's like, You know what, Ray? Huh? You were really something tonight. Thank you. I was also thinking, you're really a hard worker, aren't you, Ray? <laughs> and like, it's a really cool moment for these two. Validation. Yeah, it is. And it's so <laughs> real. Yeah. It's so good. And then you get Ray's follow-up line. You know, it wouldn't hurt you to give it a try in one of these days, Serena. And what's that supposed to mean? That you're a lazy donut-snorting couch potato. I take back everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so oh. beautiful. What a what a sick and loving burn. Oh, <laughs> if anyone could incredible. snort a donut, it would be Serena, and I would love it to would. see that animated. Uh huh. Just but covered like... in powdered sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I thought that you know, as much as as much as maybe it seemed like a stretch from what we already know about Ray to sort of like try and give her another hat. Uh, I like the way it emotionally played out for her uh, her relationship with her friends mm -hmm. and the nuance, unexpected nuance of. Her sort of, you know, saying one thing and the show kind of showing another, you know, being a little mm -hmm. more, a little more interesting, a little more complex. Well, yes, about exactly. It's, it's interesting. This isn't going to, you know, this isn't a, a, another fireball she can just use to end, you know, end plots when, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a, it makes her kind of more powerful, but not in a way that the show is going to use a lot, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Though we do get two very wonderful 90s songs out of this episode. Oh, we and do. If I haven't dropped clips of them, we have to. Because the first one, uh, God, where am I Where am I looking? The first one's called uh, Call My Name. And it's just the Friends theme song. It is the very much exactly the Friends theme song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
that's call my name and I'll be there. I'll be there for you. Um, <laughs> if, if you want to kind of hit it on the nose even more, unless you yeah. were confused about what it was trying to do. Um, you know, man. But that also is the lyrics to I'll be around by the spinners. So. Ooh. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say. <laughs> You want to you want to talk shop, dude? Let's talk. Let's fucking open up. Let's go under the hood. Let's see whose Spotify playlists are deeper. <laughs> let's see whose Spotify is the dopest. Uh, the other song that we get is uh, is called "Oh Starry Night," uh, which is uh, a lot less of a positive song and more of like a uh, it's a power ballad, I would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with some with some very good harmonies. Yeah, it's actually surprisingly good. My heart stands still. Considering that my my only real like footing to stand on to compare this to in terms of like a a, a 90s early 2000s dub of a Japanese anime having original English language songs, it's better than the Pokemon to be a master songs. The ones that try and get serious and loving, those are terrible. Better than Absolutely. Hey Digimon, Hey Digimon. Oh, uh, we all live in a Pokemon world. Fucking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no, okay. So so let's let's be let's be very clear about what I'm saying. The ones that tried to rock really rock on that to be a master album. Hey, we all live in a Pokemon world. The ones that try and go to a serious place. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> terrible. They're the worst <laughs> fucking song. So these are good. I mean, I take yeah. Rainy Day Man over that album most of the time. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of fun. We, we should, should we talk about the the Cardian? Who do we get this this week? The Squid Lady, the Flying Squid. Yeah. This. Um. So the the whole like cent- center of the episode is Alan and Anne getting conned into being fashion models for this oh, performance, yeah. and they have the most phallic squiddy costumes. <laughs> oh, they do. Uh, they're yeah, deeply. Penile mushroom tippy sort of like squid aliens. Uh, well, and they do a f- they they the first few frames of it are in silhouette. Like, who's that Pokemon? It's a penis. <laughs> that like, is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. They're squids. Right. It's much to their chagrin. They're asked to play aliens because that's the theme of this fashion show, mm. and and they think they've been sniffed out. <laughs> they figured us out. <laughs> And so, like, they start this fashion show and they're really not feeling it, but they get out there and everyone starts clapping for them and they're like, oh, wait, they're getting so energetic. (laughs) 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 It's, it's, I thought maybe for a minute we'd take a turn of like the Monsters Inc. ending of like, hey, laughter's better than uh, screaming. Uh, Uh, mm -hmm. And we should harness that. But uh, sadly, sadly, no, they, they need to call in a Cardian to harvest that energy. Uh, which is this like brassy squid lady who's kind of a like Broadway Elaine Stritch sort of like old. <laughs> but I wanted to say it was the first time that the sort of like the machination of the show had just having to summon a cardian to eat somebody 
didn't feel really contrived. Like it's no. contrived in the because it's Looney Tunes, but we got Alan and Anne to a place where they observed energy in a pretty believable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very entertaining first half of the episode. As soon as that second half hits and the transformation start, it's the like you can go get some chips. go take a dump for a while and come back and like you know you're still kind of not missing much or you know sort of how this is going to roll out did anybody sort of understand uh her name is amphibia the cardian did uh, did anybody understand her first line when she comes out she says well she says all right it's showtime but instead what she actually says is all right it's show chime I heard that too, but I thought maybe it was just a little bit of marble mouth. Is it a Canadian parlance? <laughs> Did it say show chime in up Canada? In the Great White North? Maybe <laughs> up the Great White Way. Imagine pronouncing all of your T's as cha. <sighs> so I don't know. Uh, there's obvious the, the obvious things happen. We could say that for every one of these episodes. We they they win. They do the thing. Uh, Moonlight Night shows up. He he says some pretty. I don't know. <laughs> Some of his dialogue feels like, I mean, feels blatantly written like like what a woman wants a man to say. Kind in, of. In I way. like the fact that he thinks he's constantly delivering these these sort of uh, little little chestnuts and they're just not impressive. No. <laughs> like, he's just really <laughs> proud of how of how cool and mysterious he's being on purpose and it's and it, and it's just not working. Well, for these girls, for the teen girls, they're they're eating it up, but right. for the audience, you kind of see that he's a tool. Well, maybe yeah. it's because he only packed one rose and he has a tiny <laughs> little knife. And so he can't really do all that much. You know, he's got this like one inch blade and I get the sense that he's, you know, but not quite the dare, not quite the tuxedo mask as far as like combat versatility. What is it? He says, uh, he says, let music and romance live on forever. What teen magazine did right. you get this out be, of? Be a, be a Darian in the streets and a moonlight night in the streets. Am I right? I got it backwards. So darn, you know how it goes. You know where the sheets and streets are supposed to go. You know where the sheets be. <laughs> Um, so my, my burning question for the end of this episode is, Ooh, nice, as soon nice, as, nice burning. It's Mars. I like it. Yeah. As soon as this monster is defeated, as soon as Ray has done her new move, her, uh, f- like firebird strike. Mm, yes. Um, Mars firebird and, strike. Yeah. Mars firebird strike and destroyed <laughs> this, this brassy squid performer. She conjures a Moltres to kill him, kill her. Yeah. Um, she, we see her then suddenly she is performing again in her performance dress to the full audience. And so we finally get to hear her full song that she didn't get to do before. Is this a makeup concert or is this <laughs> it's taking place like immediately a after everyone has woken up from a weird sleep fantasy? <laughs> I guess it was just international nap time. Oh, well, that's Right. Funny. You well, see like lightning on. scorches on the theater. There's like a pile <laughs> of ash in the middle. And it's like, all right, the show must go on. <laughs> there were other people who are going to perform. And she just kind of told them like, no, no, it's me. This is my turn. Yeah. <laughs> right. I guess the sailor says, right? We get the sailor says. Yeah. What, what was this one? I don't remember. I don't know if I the sailor says for this one was about having confidence and that it's okay to be uh, shy. My, my like favorite this. line from it uh, was the world needs all kinds of people, including shy people. Sailor Moon says, which is a weird takeaway <laughs> from this episode, but it's very yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a little backhanded and not really much to do with the episode. Yeah. But yeah, like, world, the world needs all kinds of people. 
Even those ones that don't fucking talk, like you. Even the losers. <laughs> Even the losers. Even, look, the world needs betas too, all right? <laughs> hmm. Cucks make the world go around. They sure do. <sighs> My feet can't kiss themselves, and I can't do it either. <laughs> Hey, Austin. What, Andy? <laughs> wow. So little faith here. I'm just trying to give you a sponsor ad to pitch. What, what? I'm trying to be the bad boy. I'm trying to oh, turn a new tactic. Oh, okay. I'm bad boy. I'm the bad boy of the team. I like that. Well, it's working on me. I got very, very threatened. Uh, <laughs> can you can you tell me about our new sponsor? It's a, it's a new TV show called Dr. Star Wars MD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... Uh, this is a very exciting new development in television. Um, you know, when we were when we were all idiots walking watching stinky old TV on a TV, like a TV on a cable made mm. by the cable network and not the internet. <laughs> made by the cool. man. <laughs> made by the man and not the cool internet where anybody can make TV. Um, mm-hmm. We were all real dumb. And so we got smart and we realized that what we can do is because anybody can make tv on the internet it's the internet every anybody can do a post and so that means that everybody got together and they were like we're tired of not getting to see the content that we want to see so we're going to make a content so we're going to make this show called dr star wars md and it is a a really really good show that is intense and good and it's like prestige tv Mm -hmm. um and it's about a really talented doctor named Frederick Star Wars. Mm. And he just always had a dream to be a really good doctor in Argentina. Um, and Please, Mr. So he, Star Wars was my dad. <laughs> please. <laughs> and, and so uh, basically the whole show is just him. Um, you know, the first season is him like going through the end of medical school. And then finally at the end, then he becomes a doctor and... Uh, just like uh, then he does doctor stuff across the the world and mostly Argentina. So that's that's the entire plot and and um, no so other sort of other elements involved. It takes with place this. around the world, but mostly Argentina. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so so wait, I want to I want to sort of just ask a follow up question: Is Lucasfilm yeah, involved with this? Uh, that's at a all, weird or? question. I don't know why why that why Lucasfilm would be involved. <laughs> You're right. I mean, they make they make the space the spaceman movies and the 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 tomb man movies uh, with the whip, um, and so I don't see how that relates to Doctor Star Wars MD. Just a doctor, really an honest liked, doctor who I really liked Tomb Man too. Your heart's outside now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good one, but again, totally unrelated to uh, this great doctor, Doctor Star Wars MD. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Now I have to admit at the at the top of this because uh, normally I like to come in really you know going sixty miles an hour on the screaming high. I, I kind of <laughs> forgot what the casting had sound like. Is it a click or a or a ding? It's a well, chuck at a check. 
Just check, 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 check. it a check. It's yeah. just like a clicking noise. That's what I thought. So if you can you do the can you do the check it a check? Check it a check 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 click click click. Oh good. This we're going to the big time, boys. No, we've established it's just Andy. You're going to sell out and join Pentatonics. That's that's sort of what we've established. You're going to be YouTube famous, Andy. Go for it. Oh man, every every boy's dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rory, take us take us away. Yeah. So uh, we watched episode forty nine after episode forty eight. Whoa. Uh, and this one, can it you? This one is called Food Fetish. That's right, everybody. Strap it's, in, because yeah. this is that is a pretty apt title for how horny this episode gets. <laughs> How on uh, earth did they get away with calling this episode <laughs> food fetish? That's I what I would know. love to know. Like, they have to make every couple on this show siblings in order to get past the censors, but they got away <laughs> with they food still fetish? still are fucking. Those yeah, siblings, still it's fucking. way worse yeah. now than their brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Okay, so Lita has a crush on the Moonlight Knight. And when her and Amy begin to suspect that Alan might be him, Lita tries to get close to him by making him lunch. However, Anne becomes extremely jealous of this and decides to make Lita her Cardian's next target. Mm, You guys, you guys, there is so (laughs) much in this episode. Like at every turn, there was something that turned my crank. I could not handle it. (laughs) Oh, the cranks were turning. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Hard not to get your crank turned in an episode this horny. I'm gonna have to have my doctor look at my crank. It's a little too turned. <laughs> doc, my my crank. It's it's all the it's way my around. Crank. My Please, crank. Doc. Is there anything you can do to help? I'm oh, sorry. Oh my boy. I'm sorry. You cranked it off. You cranked it all the way off. Your crank is all the way crocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. god. Yeah, food fetish. Food fetish. Food you just fetish. call it food fetish. <laughs> food fetish. Was it not was it not a no. horny thing? Was food fetish a term that was outside of like doing it? I don't and, know. And I don't know. You're one you're be. one typo from well, food fetish. Fetish isn't technically sexual and it's you know sort of like etymology, but come on. Is yeah. this come intended on. to be a pun on foot fetish? I what? hope not. I what? hope not. <laughs> no. God. <laughs> so this Look, one this one starts with Lita kind of mooning over uh over the moonlight <laughs> night. She's uh she's daydreaming about him making all these hunk poses. Cuz he's uh what is he? He's a bodacious hunk Bodacious hunkster. He's such a bodacious hunkster. And immediately this episode goes 0 to 60 because Amy, who is the the stealthiest of of cutting remark makers. <laughs> She's like, oh, he's such a bodacious hunkster. And Amy says, hey, Lita, stop torturing yourself. That's never going to happen, okay? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, Set God. your sights at the much more attainable Ken, Absolutely. why don't you? <laughs> yeah, who you, again, have forgotten about. Come yeah. on. Because, we again, just, he's too hot to touch. Four episodes ago, we had a whole episode. You sang a song about Ken, Lita. You sang a whole song about how Ken was your rainy day man. And, and I guess it's a sunny day. The sun has come out, I guess. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, her, like, Lita and Amy, and also Serena from another vantage point, are watching uh, uh, the courtship between Melvin and Molly. And just, like, <laughs> at the same time being so disgusted by it, but also so jealous of it. And it's it's kind of delicious. I, it's I really good. It. It's really good. There's yummy chocolate cake for dessert, Maul. Come on. 
fun. We'll have a feast. Just you and me. On second thought, Lita, if Melvin can get a girlfriend, the Moonlight Night can be yours easy. It's kind of a like a macrocosm or microcosm of like people getting older and then suddenly like like being super jealous of like the dorks that managed to find each other. And you're like, Oh God, why am I still single at 40? Like, <laughs> am I jealous over this? Well, yeah, no, it's, it definitely speaks to you when like two huge losers find each other and are really happy. And you're like, <laughs> but I'm so cool, but I'm cool. <laughs> Me and my standards are just going to be here for the next 20 years, I guess. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Melvin has prepared an anniversary lunch for Molly, uh, where he has given her three dozen shrimp, (laughs) based on the first time she called him Dweebmeister. He's a giver. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a very special kind of teenage girl horny where you are so desperate for any kind of, like, attention from your, you know, preferred gender of attraction where you would literally give anything just for like a little taste of someone caring about you. I understand mm-hmm. the the jealousy they felt towards uh yes. towards Molly in that moment. Who wouldn't want three dozen shrimp given to them? <laughs> the customary three dozen I'm, shrimp of course. I'm desperate enough for attention I would take that. Absolutely. Yeah, I gotta give the dub credit here for even though it was clearly not it wasn't coconut shrimp. I bet that was just tempura. Right, uh, tempura shrimp, but for at least getting the right species correct. <laughs> yeah, um, finally, you know, finally, it's these not aren't jelly like, donuts and prune milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, so what I love in this moment is that Serena's watching, and she looks really mad too. And initially, I was like, "Oh, I bet she's like gonna have that, like, oh, why can't I have Darian back?" But these two idiots are dating. But actually, no, she was mad because she couldn't believe Melvin wasn't sharing his food with her because she's hungry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Serena in the, in the greatest C plot of all time. I think Serena <laughs> has left her lunch at home. This episode is like proof of why I would die for Serena. Like she is yeah. so driven by hunger that she would get angry at a friend. This has to be one of the best episodes of the show we've watched. Oh, without yeah, a like, doubt. She is like the spirited away monster. Yes, <laughs> she just wants to feed. Uh, <laughs> Must uh, feed. And then she just breaks down in tears and cries a lot and then whines and then gets back up and does it all over again. I love love Serena. Uh, Can we? I want to do a clip drop of her crying that Amy didn't even leave her a crumb. And later, later when uh, uh, Luna finally like shows up with her uh, with her lunch, she's still crying to Amy about it. She's still crying, and Amy's like, "Are you in trouble?" And she goes, "Only because nobody would share their lunch with me today." <laughs> also, the fact that she got kicked out of class because her stomach was growling too loud, well. oh, and this wasn't my the God. first time this Again. has happened. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I love this stuff. (laughs) Serena, you're too much of a bummer for class and you have to go home. (laughs) Serena, you are too much of a dramatic ass bitch. You're going to need to leave. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, my God. God. So what's driving the rest of the the sort of A plot of this episode is that Amy and Lita, in conversation about, you know, their their woes that Lita doesn't have a boyfriend, um, they have sort of independently kind of gone, oh, wait a minute. Didn't the Moonlight Knight start showing up at around the same time that Alan showed up at school? Maybe they're the same person. And so God, they Lita, get so close. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. When did those two aliens show up? Uh, and then those two twins showed up. So in the in the, the the sort of guise of doing research, Lita has switched her hunk target from Moonlight Night for now to the way more attainable Alan and just starts beelining towards getting a, a nice romantic lunch with Alan. But she is not the first girl to think of this. In fact, there are like 30 girls trying to get him to eat or eat their food. Yeah, he's drawn them in with his hunk flute and he has <laughs> sort of pied pipered them around the school. Um and you'd think he would take that as a great opportunity to just suck their energy up. Yeah, well, he keeps play. He keeps only playing the sex song, so I don't know why he's yeah. so surprised all the chicks are all horned up now. I know. Right. <laughs> and it's always the same song, so he doesn't know it's any his, other goddamn songs. The, yeah, because it's... Why would you learn a sec? Why would you learn another song if the first song you learned well, got let's the be exact real. result you were looking for? <laughs> let's let's be real. And Allison, you play recorder. How many flute songs are there? Not um, there's no there's none, right? Well, there's hot um, cross buns, and then there's the sexy one. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm an expert. Let me speak for myself. There are exactly eight. Oh, okay. Shit. Precisely eight. How many of them are hot cross buns? Hot cross buns. The birthday song, Ooh, okay. um, three blind mice, which is also hot Shit, cross I didn't buns. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A good one though. They all double up, and there's only eight. Oh, there's there's <laughs> also twinkle twinkle little so- star, the alphabet twinkle, song, twinkle twinkle little song, mm-hmm. <laughs> twinkle twinkle little song, the alphabet <laughs> That's song. That's what I call it. And uh, and smoke on the water. Baba black sheep. Oh, smoke on the water. No, it's Baba black sheep. Yeah, so there's about eight. I'll give her that. It's a bad episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I might hyperventilated a little. Yeah, uh, yeah. Calm down a little bit. Take I a, spat take all five. over my mic. I'm sorry. So uh, I'm. That's uh, great, that's great. And I, I. So I enjoy. So so Lita has now caught up with Alan on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. He has got. He's gone yes. off uh, to 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 mope in silence and play the floated away to be melancholy. Play his sex flute by himself, <laughs> but she gets there. She shares her food with him, and they start having a, a pretty fun discussion. But bef- before that, I guess what I thought was kind of funny is so Alan is a sort of like tree alien, the sort of is sort of born of born of uh, you know vines and trellises and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> I guess I found it kind of entertaining that he's he eats fruit from the tree and he's so confused by humans eating other shit yeah yeah the concept of food very much scares him and freaks him out (laughs) i love this i love this part of the episode he says something along the lines of like uh i wonder this weird human food maybe it's the reason these girls all act so crazy that's gotta be it it's gotta be the food right uh and so yeah Actually, I, I have to give I have to do a little wag of the wag of the finger at this at this Deke dub real fast because oh. she, the first thing that she offers him out of her bento it's is a hot dog. It's a fucking hot dog. So they 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 do this yeah. thing in Japan in their yeah. lunches where they cut they they cook these hot dogs and they cut them so that like the way that it it cooks and it sort of shrinks uh, the that it it curls like a like a bologna. It yeah it yeah. curls 
and ends up looking like a little squid, a little cutesy squid with four different tentacles. And it just looks like a little octopus or something, but it's a hot dog. And they just say it's squid. It's a weird reversal of what they normally do, where they sort of <laughs> um, under-exoticize of, of, you know, a foreign food, right? Mm-hmm. They sort of, like, make it into, like, this is a slice of cake, when it's, like, not that. Mm-hmm. And and in this case, they sort of make it weirder and funkier, when it's like, this is a hot dog, this is the American food, and you're, yeah. like... Pretending yeah. it's like this. What's more weird... American than a fucking ballpark Frank, dude? Also, yeah. octopus dogs are done here too. <laughs> yes, like, they that's, are. Yeah. That's not a wholly foreign concept, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But instead, this is squid on a stick. But uh, but Lita hits him with a pretty cool chili blast. I thought where uh, so she, we've we established that a she... real Mountain Dew Baja blast. <laughs> uh, we established that she's you know she's cooked this this fabulous lunch because she kind of does that because she loves cooking right mm-hmm. you know so she's like so how long you know how long have you been good at the flute and he's like oh you know I don't know I guess I've just good at the flute because I was born that way from my tree you know I guess just like you and cooking and then I don't know I just liked her oh I don't relate to that at all I actually try very hard <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually worked really hard at cooking so that doesn't really that comparison's <laughs> not really apt one of my favorite Scott Pilgrim lines was like, you're so cool without even trying. And he's like, I try really hard, actually. I try really hard. <laughs> God. And I, I, I feel that. So in on this scene uh, up on the top of the rooftop where they're, where they're eating, uh, Anne walks in and suddenly she, like, in there's comes this trouble. <laughs> yeah, we see from behind. All we see are her legs, and they're in the they're in the background. And we see her legs in the foreground, and it's just like it's dark and spooky around her legs. And she's making the like Arthur meme Arthur fist. fist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and she's so mad. And this yeah. this this begins a, a fun a fun little uh, uh, I don't know just like interplay between the three of them for the rest of the episode, where Lita. Being the most blunt of the Sailor Scouts, she just outright says, like, pretty su- pretty immediately in this scene, she's like, For just a sister, you sure are mighty jealous. Stay away from my brother. <gasps> you hear? And I'm like, dude, yeah. she said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I love Lita. Lita really yeah. won me over this week. You know what else she says just out loud is like, Do you? ever uh, hang around in a white robe and a turban? Uh, just because you kind of look like a friend of mine who does that. <laughs> She's like fucking James Bond, man. So smooth. Um, and then that immediately is like, hmm, I wonder if she means the moonlight night. Like, yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say that there is one, there's one potentially like really interesting bit of their conversation that I thought could have been expanded a little more where she he he like is like letting his guard down a little bit and he asks Lita like hey I have a question for you though do you think there's a link between food and love and the reason he's asking is because he knows Anne is pissed at him and he loves her and he wants her to be happy and he's like well maybe food's gonna do it and he starts conflating food with love and having this conversation with her where he's like wait a minute but you said you wanted to open a restaurant so you want to give because love you love to complete food strangers? you just told me you love cooking food <laughs> <laughs> no it's not the same thing Alan come on <laughs> fuck but like I don't know, I thought it was it was kind of cool. It is fun. She's like she's like yeah. no, I don't want I don't want to like b- give romantic love to strangers in the guise of a restaurant. Like there's different kinds of love, and food brings people together. Like it's like an interesting yeah. like it's one of the few times where I've they've acted believably alien, and there's been an interesting mm-hmm. like conversation about it. Yeah, yeah, and they're just acting like curious people. 
mm-hmm. that that are not again pursuing this ulterior motive that are not always in the scheme trying to sort of you know achieve their their nasty goals but in this they're just curious <laughs> no, about they're just life. trying to learn the mysteries of the curling hot dog right <laughs> <laughs> nancy drew in the mystery of the curling hot dog uh, um, and and so and we see that too again like my the end the very last scene of this episode is like alan and ann just go to a restaurant and just like get some food <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like have an have a nice moment that isn't about you know we'll get them next time it's just like let's try a lot of food and yeah. see how this goes <laughs> maybe what our relationship is missing is is trying new things like, talking about our feelings instead yeah. of literally just need to spice under, it up. fucking under the shade of the doom tree <laughs> <laughs> the the you know so much of that takes up like 75 percent of this episode before it's there's incredible. been any kind of before right. moped before our friend moped yeah before i guess yes. they need to give us some action and they just sort of throw something out there oh my god moped is incredible moped. Moped. does anyone know the deal with moped Yes, no. kind of. Oh, so, please, so, please help me. Let me tell you, uh, I don't remember where my note is on this, so let me try and do it from memory. So the deal with Mophead, uh, or, that's obviously an English language name. Uh, her original name should be, let's see, Nori Benton to U, so like Uton Betty or something. Essentially, it's Nori Bento backwards, and Nori Bento oh. means, means seaweed lunch. Right. Um, oh. And so she wraps them up in, like seaweed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. well, because when they summon her, she does seem like she's like, was in the shower when she gets pulled out, gets yanked down, you know, yanked down to earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you not and notice that? She, they, 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 there's like shampoo in her hair and she has no, to like, rub it out. It's very it's weird. So weird. Like, so she's got this dual thing of like, like she's got a, she's got a Mega Man buster arm right. that shoots seaweed. Sort of. Yeah, uh, but she's also got like a crazy one long, one really long shoulder pauldron, and then like rocker hair. She kind of looks like a reject member of the Ginyu Force. Yes, um, yes, she does. So I don't even know. It's a very strange mixed metaphor going on, but basically, she's the seaweed lady. I really yeah. appreciate her power set and the creator's commitment to niche superpowers. Because damn. <laughs> Though in their in their uh, attempt to keep things pretty nonviolent, though most of these Cardians' abilities have really kind of boiled down to restraining. Like yeah. they basically right. just tie people up as a power. And that's been a pretty recurring thing in Sailor Moon in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what what's funny? The funniest part of this earlier this early bit of the fight to me is that uh, when Sailor Moon shows up and she transforms and tries to get in to help Lita, uh, because they they I mean <laughs> to to sort of get us here. Serena, after whining about food all day, has found out that Amy's into or has found out that Lita is into Alan. And she's like, no, not happening. Lita always goes after the <laughs> so cool guys good. in school and there's never any left for us. And so she runs <laughs> off with like first intention is stop this romance from happening because we need hunks to go around. And then the second thing it seems like she's pissed about when she jumps into the fight is not that Lita's in trouble. It's that the Cardian ruined Lita's lunch. And she's like, no, on behalf of the food. Sailor Moon! That's right, and I saw you smash that lunch bag. I hate to see good food wasted. <laughs> in the name of the food, I will punish you. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 Anne has sort of is the one who summoned this Cardian out of anger. Uh, she, you know, she appears in her like alien form when, uh, you know, she's, she's tired of, of all the hanky panky happening with Lita and Alan. 
and she just like transforms into a villain and is like, nah, this is, this has to stop and throws down a cardian. Yeah. Which is kind of a, a new way for this to happen. And you can see that things are ramping up a little bit. Like she's getting a little more desperate. She's sort of, you know, showing herself more. Like we almost got more of a straight up fight just between the aliens and yeah. sailor scouts. The cardian was kind of a very weak go between this time. But so we can see that that veneer is dropping a little bit. We're going to get we're going to get a throwdown pretty soon, I bet. Mm, I hope so. There is a a a fun a fun thing that happens with Moonlight Knight <laughs> because he always has these really worthless things that he says. And so he shows up and his <laughs> his thing this time is Sorry they destroyed all that lovely food of yours, but maybe a little revenge will taste just as sweet, hmm? <laughs> it's like everyone's worried about about Jupiter's lunch. Oh my god, the other line I forgot. Uh, one of the cats said that... I hope she's not too porked out to pull this off. Because <laughs> <laughs> she had just destroyed this lunch bento. And, uh, you know, like, man, I hope she's not too porked out <laughs> to fight. <laughs> Jupiter gets a new attack. It's Jupiter Thunder Dragon. It's sort of a, a mirror of what Ray's had, you know, where Ray summoned a big uh, a big fire bird. And Jupiter gets a Thunder Dragon. and uh, And it does the work. It does the thing. And uh, they, they're they're rebuffed. Then they 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 confront Moonlight Knight afterwards to very little avail. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He still turns back into a ghost, avoids all sort of dialogue. <laughs> she, she, they're like, "Can you tell us who you are?" And he says, "I'm a true friend of the Sailor Scouts. That's all for now. You'll find out in a few episodes." <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's it's really too bad that it's kind of a throwaway plot in uh filler arc because i am i really liked i we've talked about this you know kind of ad nauseum but i think for the first time with allison i i really enjoyed when we find out that moonlight night is not darian at least not in the same way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's satisfying it's yeah. cool it's a was a genuine interesting twist that i had no yeah, you know sailor moon could pull out a good twist when they actually try <laughs> yeah <laughs> The, the previous formula used to be when we'd have a tuxedo mask appearance was that that meant that Darian had to kind of show up in some weird convoluted way, right? We kind of had to see Darian like in the same district of the city, you know, sort of yeah. wandering around. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, Serena. How you doing there? I, I also have these carts of fruit or something that I'm doing there. Meatball head. And then, you know, just to sort of get the Chekhov's gun there to, to bring it back later. But we don't need... Darian to show up if if Moonlight Knight isn't really who he is. So like, yeah, that's kind of it is kind of freeing that they, that they haven't had to do that. Yeah, uh, it does mean that we get less Darian, though, on the whole. It's true. Which... I know we have. Yeah, these were two Darian free episodes. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> um, and so let's see. So the end, the end, we have uh, Lita still mooning after after the Moonlight Knight. And she drops that line that she keeps saying of like, it's just that he reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. And the entire cast does that '90s anime face fault into the ground. Yeah, but the yeah they they do that, and then we we get the the shot that Austin mentioned earlier of them of Anne and Alan having a cute dinner together, uh, and and making yeah. lovey faces. It's weirdly adorable. Oh, he also he also kisses her on the lips and tell her he lo- tells her he loves her. I know. I kind of love these yeah, like two. Yeah, like a brother sister thing. They're yeah. brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gray like a- area. <laughs> That's true. They're also aliens and maybe fruit. Yeah. Maybe it's like one of those Greek pantheon things, like where all of the gods are actually like dating each other, but also super related to each other. Maybe it's like that. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I'm not maybe. giving it a full pass. Uh, no, it was a, it's a hypothesis. It's a hypothesis. 
That's a great word. <laughs> they they really struggled for a sailor says on this one. It was just it was just, yeah. Don't be a picky eater. Yeah. Try try different food maybe. Kiwis, papaya. Uh, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a real like come to Jesus from this show and the sailor says to be like. Alan and Anne are characters on a fictional show. <laughs> <laughs> we may play brother and sister on TV. If you do but... what they do, it's uh, illegal. <laughs> Please don't make out with your siblings. <laughs> your brother may be hot, but you can't act on it. That's what Sailor Moon says. <laughs> Uh, well, I've been kicked out of band for uh, actually unrelated uh, <laughs> drug crime. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was doing a bad thing on the side. I was selling a lot of drugs. I was selling marijuana. Um, wow. And you yeah, think you know that's a the guy. problem. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I, I'm in jail, um, <laughs> but I am watch been watching your success sort of from the inside you know, looking out, um, Andy, and I've been really impressed with. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing really well. You know, I was kicked out of band, too, but that's always what happens to, to greatness. You the know, it's never, it's never appreciated. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. I quit band. You did? You quit. Yeah, I just quit. Because it was just me and my little hand tambourines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rory kind of took over the whole thing, really. <laughs> he, he went far with those castanets. <laughs> uh, Allison, how'd you, how you, how you doing? What'd you, did you like this week? How was oh, the episode experience? Uh, this was a week of high highs and low lows. And, you know, like the the food fetish episode, you wouldn't <laughs> think that it would be a favorite at first glance. But there was some really quality stuff in there that reminded me what I love about this show. Yeah, it it really did check the boxes. It was like yeah. it, we we got the absurd horniness. We got some good hijinks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and we got some some fun little moments, some real actual character and somewhere in the middle there exactly very so very few shows make such a meal a meal (laughs) out of these out of these monster of the week episodes uh the way that sailor moon does you know yeah they could these could be so endlessly dull and i think we've seen enough fucking cartoons uh (laughs) in these last couple years that we've we know exactly what those dull episodes are that you know don't yeah. really deliver on anything and just kind of like, you know, check, check off some boxes. But like mm-hmm. this, these are just so fun. Well, yeah. and there's, there's something incredible about, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a holistic thing to a certain degree because there's, there's something amazing about the art quality on, uh, on this like era of early nineties, like late eighties type, uh, animation where it's all still like done lovingly on, on you know, hand drawn on cells, with like this very specific sort of character pr- like uh, proportion and the way things move, I don't know. There, there's like a, a you know, it's like watching Evangelion or or any of these old older shows. Mm. There's something really nice and pristine about the way that looks and kind of nostalgic. And then to sort of have the story also feel like someone really cared about making it fun. You know, they weren't just they weren't just doing the boilerplate stupid like, yep, here's the one where we go to the hot springs. Here's the one where mm-hmm. we do the whatever. Like they were coming up with new interesting whatevers. Like this whole episode was about lunches. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like someone was inspired on on their side of on the production side. Someone had legit fun new ideas for a kid's mm-hmm. show and they right. wanted to see them realized. And whether or not they turn into like, you know, very uh, impactful content. Like, who cares? Like, it's just nice to see someone caring. Yeah, hey. watching this show is like being hugged. Hey, it's like being hugged. Yeah. And I need that right now. 
<laughs> so don't take it away from me. <laughs> so comforting. Yeah. Mm. It's like the sound of a sousaphone at, at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. I've often felt that about, about <laughs> the silliest phone. <laughs> John Philip Sousa is going to be calling you personally, and you're going to have words. Uh, well, you know what John Philip Sousa can do? He can see me next Tuesday. Wow, dude. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs>